welcome back to the now rebranded Sport Culation Podcast. I got it right on the first time. I did it, Andy. Nice. See? Nice. It. Good job. Thanks, buddy. I'm proud of myself, too. Uh, yeah. The usual, of course, myself, Mr. Yusuf Rashid, flanked by Anton and Parse. And uh, today we are discussing the thing known as hand egg, or as the Americans call it, football. Sorry, nice. Europeans, that you want to claim your own football. There's a few interesting things happening in the world of football right now. Of course, with COVID, they are expecting to hopefully have a season since they start a lot later than the other leagues do. And uh, some some other controversy, I think you want to start with that because that's probably been the biggest news as of recent. So, of course, with everything happens with Black Lives Matter and all these uh, fights against injustice going on in mainly in the United States, they have called for some teams to change their names due to, of course, prejudice and injustice against certain races, that, of course, being the Native Indians. The main team that's gotten most of the flack is the Washington Redskins, who have been hesitant to change the name and have had the name for about 87 years. Until recently, when owner Dan Schneider uh, was uncovered, that he had said, we're not changing the name. Owners called for Dan and the rest of the organization to hopefully change the name, uh, FedEx, the company that handles the that owns the name to their arena, the FedEx Arena, basically hardtailed them and said, "We will opt out of our contract with you if you do not change the name." The government of Maryland, DC, the, the DMV area, basically, has also told Dan Schneider, "We will not let you build a new arena in DC if you do not change the name." And as of two days ago, I believe, very very recently, they finally changed their name to the Washington Football Team. Temporarily. Tem- temporarily. It's a, it's a placeholder name. You know? Yeah. But it, better than nothing, I think. And as if that wasn't enough news, not two weeks ago from the Washington Post, a article came out regarding the organization's management and how 15 sexual harassment cases, allegedly, had come out regarding the management of the Washington Redskins. They abused and harassed uh, 15 female employees, including accountants, cheerleaders, and so much more other. And it brings me to our first question of the day, which I will bring up now is, will there be any major action done for the team? The, my asking for this stems from when the NBA was in the midst of the Donald Sterling controversy six years ago. They hailed it as such, by banning Donald Sterling and then selling the team. So my question is, do we think that the NFL may have Dan Schneider sell the Washington Redskins, Washington football team? Um, well, he, he did end up eventually changing the name, mostly because he kind of had to, because, uh, you know, sponsors were saying that they're going to pull out of the deal um, and everyone else is just kind of telling them, yeah, you should, you should definitely change it. Uh, Cause, cause yeah, it just sounds like a good idea, you know? Um, But I don't, I don't know if they're going to, um, you know, like make and sell the team. I have, I have no idea. I'm not uh, that uh, knowledgeable about, the precedence of of that with regards to the NFL uh, parse. What do you think? 
Um, no, I, I don't think the NFL is going to pressure him to sell the team. Um, just because, like, uh, he, he has enough pressure coming from uh, his sponsors that are at the Washington Redskins uh, front office and, and stuff there. I, I I want to I want to put it on the record that the only reason why the name really did get changed, as much as it was about him uh, doing the right thing in the in the president of you know a lot of movements going on around around the U.S., it was mostly because big sponsors were going to pull out, which is why Dan made this move. I feel like the Redskins were talked about since '09 to change their name, along with other uh, sports um, teams. However, I remember Dan saying on the record that I will never, ever change the name. And it's only in the wake of, you know, sponsors being pulled and a big pandemic on top of a movement where he's forced to take away from that. So I, I wouldn't call him uh, a visionary in this scenario, but he did do the right thing and change the name. And we're still waiting for a, an official name to be made. And it's quite sad that it's taken this long to be done. I actually think it's kind of an interesting play to have it be uh, fought out this long. So, like, if they play an entire season or if there's, like, an entire year, they said that it could take up to a year or something for the full rebranding, choosing a name, all that stuff, choosing a logo. I think this is kind of smart because then you get to have, like, this – it's kind of like, you know, uh, Hype Beast where it's, like, uh, limited edition drops, you know? Or it's, like, limited edition, Washington – football team yeah, and that's like the only year that's the only year that it's going to happen because you know when they rebrand it they're, they're like oh that's it that was the limited edition i think that's going to be kind of cool for like it's an interesting um money move they, they could be like hey guys you want to purchase these limited edition washington football uh, uh merchandise they just like make all kinds of merchandise and then you know people will make you know, SNL will probably do some sketches on it or whatever, and that'll probably just promote the brand even more, you know, incidentally. Um, and so they could make, they could actually make some money off just by through a controversy. You know, uh, I think someone once, like, it, it's kind of morbid, but, you know, someone once said that never let a, uh, was it, never let a, a crisis go to waste or something like that. And uh, yeah, this is, I guess, one way of doing it to, so that they can make some more money. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think uh, ultimately it, it did seem like he, he, he kind of had his hand forced uh, upon him. Uh, it's like, I'll never do it. And then it was just, they just sort of cut him off at the, the money, money-wise. And like, we're not going to let you make money. And he's like, okay, fine, I'll do it. Um, yeah, and, and I think with regards to the – uh yeah the crazy amount of uh uh just the number of uh allegations about just like the the culture of of uh of harassment and going on in their front office that just sounds intense like uh you know there's something really not very good going on down there uh in in the front office that uh, Definitely. uh yeah and and i think what was it i think their their coach said that he wants like he really wants to make sure that um they, they get uh you know they get what was it he he wants to make sure that it's a safe 
environment for for everyone working there. And he said like, oh, my daughter works there. Uh, so I definitely do, uh, don't want this happening. Um, and, and I want to make sure that, uh, you know, we're doing the right thing. So, you know, hopefully that can, uh, they can turn that around. I don't know. You guys uh, thoughts? Be tough. I feel like, I feel like Dan is, is not the type to, to care about feelings and things like that. So it's going to be tough, but like, you know, we're at a stage where this stuff should have been abolished a long time ago. And the fact that it's not, it's truly troubling. And there's a lot of people who are involved in that organization who are going to help to change that. So uh, just hope for the best. What do you mean abolishment? What do you mean? Uh, when you, what do you mean by that? I'm curious. When you talk about abolishment, like that should have been abolished a while ago. Yeah. Well, you know, we're in, we're in 2020, right? And you would have thought that um, after a civil rights movement, Especially after the Me Too movement. Especially like, after that movement. After yeah, the Me like Too two, movement two years ago, like one of the understanding of the LGBTQ community, of the of you know sexual harassment, of sexual abuse, of just treating women effectively. I mean, women make up thirty five percent of the uh, Fortune five hundred CEOs. So uh, you know, like, where when are we going to be able to understand? that these things need to change. And, you know, Dan Snyder is one of those people that you can pinpoint and say, you know, you've been a little slow in terms of getting with the times. Okay, I get that. Um, I think, I feel like a lot of owners are more stubborn than others. And I've definitely been doing my research on that. And we'll, we'll definitely do an episode on team owners soon. I mean, there's a lot of guys like this out there in the world. But... Oh, sorry, hold on. First, um, just a correction on Parse. Uh, you, you said the Fortune 500. Uh, so it's actually 37 companies of uh, the 500, Fortune 500 that, are, uh, that have women, that have female CEOs. So that makes up about 7.4%. Uh, so just to clarify or um, for the fact check. Only 7%? Jeez. Yeah, about 7.4% uh, yeah. as per... Uh, Fortune uh, magazine uh, okay. as of 2020. I see. Um, Going back to this, though, is there are definitely a lot of owners that sort of take a side eye to these, you know, movements and everything that are happening. But I'm glad that, you know, leagues as a whole are actually taking these things seriously. You're seeing what the NBA is doing, allowing their players to have tour statements on their jerseys and whatnot. <clears throat> When it comes to the owners themselves, some tend to take a look at what's going on, and even if it's going on in their own organization, and they might look at it and say, oh, we'll, we'll come back from this, or uh, it's, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, I swear it's okay. Uh, to quote the great Joe Exotic, I, I will never financially recover from this, <clears throat> if, if you watch Tiger King, but that's old. So uh, Anton did mention... Uh, something from the Redskins head coach and something I do want to mention about with the hiring of Ron Rivera as their new head coach for the Washington football team is last year, the Redskins had a record of three and 13 for the regular season. They have not been good for a while. Schneider's hope is that with the hiring of Ron Rivera and some movement here and there in their management team in their front office, that they can bring the Redskins back to at least a winning record, if not maybe a playoff team. My question here following up now is will the controversy that's going around now with the sexual harassment allegations will that potentially hamper the 
idea of a rebuild for the Redskins or for the football team? Uh, that's a that's a very tough question to answer. Um, right. Usually, um, a lot of the coaches and the players don't allow things that are off the field to affect what they do on the field. Um, but you know, it's still pretty pretty tough even now to say what's going to happen. I mean, we're dealing with a whole COVID situation, and the NFL is supposed to be starting up training camps and things like that pretty soon for the regular season how they're going to adapt to this pandemic lifestyle and this pandemic focus. So I don't think this is a question that we can answer at the moment right now, but, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely a question that needs to be considered. So it's a good question. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's uh, going to have some sort of impact. Um, like football at this point in time has already had a lot of controversy about it, even about the state of the sport itself. A lot of parents are pulling their kids out of, uh, you know, contact football because, because like there's a lot of, um, you know, signs coming out about not just concussions, but just long-term uh, brain health uh, negative effects with regards to, you know, involving their kids in football. And in the United States, it's like they involve these kids really young. Like their middle school football teams look the same size as our university football stadiums here in Canada. Like it's crazy. Like the the, the football culture, specifically in certain parts of the country, like, you know, like Georgia, like the, the generally the south, yeah. um, the southern Alabama, states. Alabama, Georgia. Yeah, like Florida. those states are – are, yeah, those states are very football centric, um, but you know, like times are kind of changing. Um, kids are uh, like, you know, we'll never like abandon sports in general. It's just like which sport is going to take on you know the that coolness factor, and um, and I think well, basketball and fo- um, association like soccer, football, those ones are kind of taking hold, and then you got your other sports. You got like you know, ultimate Frisbee, you still got like lacrosse, you, you know, you got rugby making it's, uh, you know, that, that sport is growing. And so I think uh, the, the, the culture has to, to change. Otherwise the sport itself could be uh, left in, in a little bit of, uh, you know, just in terms of uh, the amount of people who are interested in watching it and interested in playing it, you might lose some of those people unless you end up uh, changing the culture. So you got to really look at it, this, this thing long-term, like what do we want football to look like? Not just um, five years from now, but like maybe 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 50 years from now, what do we want it? What do we want football to look like? Right. Um, And so those are just my thoughts. That's an interesting way to look at it and actually uh, brings me back to something I was watching yesterday afternoon. If you ever are on YouTube or Spotify or any of those streaming services, I would highly suggest you check out the Spitting Chicklets podcast hosted by former NHL players Paul Bissonnette and Ryan Whitney. And they had an interview with former NHL GM Brian Burke, former Maple Leafs GM actually Brian Burke. Fun fact for you. And they asked Brian about the culture of hockey and how it's changed from the 70s and 80s to now 
and whether or not there are things that, you know, they should change or they should have changed over the years heading into now that may or may not change the culture and the fascination about hockey. And it goes to, it goes hand in hand with talking about football because with football, it is very much a contact sport. Like you can't, you're not going to be able to get away from that point. Right. With hockey, you know, there will be, there will be hitting, there will be checking, there will be fighting. And a lot of people have called for, oh, well, get rid of fighting because you see most players, especially that were enforcers in the 80s and 90s that were involved in heavy amounts of fights, all, you know, have a fair amount of brain damage or some kind of bodily injury or even paralyzed looking now. And yeah, it's a terrible thing. The NHL has taken its actions to diminish the amount of fighting. There's still fighting. The culture of hockey from what the old school guys know from, you know, the early days of professional hockey still stands, but the NHL has done what it can and is still doing what it can to take action and make sure that this sport is still safe for everyone to enjoy and watch and play and do all these things. And when it comes to outside interference, such as allegations and media and whatnot, these are things we're not able to change. And the NFL unfortunately has had a very, very bad rep for the last decade or so in regards to all these things and I don't think it will majorly hamper the NFL until something like horrific happens but at what point is the word horrific like on what yeah, I think scale it's, it's going to be a slow yeah. process of, of dying out like it's it's already kind of happening with baseball it's just yeah. Like they're losing, like baseball itself is losing a lot of viewership and fans. Um, you know, if it wasn't for um, the people in Central uh, Central and South America um, uh, coming into play, then I feel like they would kind of lose a lot of um, their their players, really, um, in terms of like the top tier players. Um, and uh, yeah, with, with regards to, to football, with regards to any sport, you got to look at it like long-term vision. And I think um, like basketball is really doing a good job at that. Um, like we spoke before uh, about uh, in a previous podcast about how, you know, they have their 2K league, like basketball is trying to get into, you know, esports, And um, I believe it was, uh, uh, Masai Ujiri, who uh, is running something going on in uh, in Africa, right? Is that yep. that's true? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, like, they're expanding there. You know, it's huge in China already. Uh, when they expanded from, uh, you know, ever since uh, Yao Ming was drafted, uh, it was it was huge in in China, and you know, it's getting it's just getting bigger to be like a global sport. It could be the second global sport right next to uh like association football um and you know of course that already has a lot of its own uh issues and controversies specifically regarding fifa and corrupt officials and all that but that could be another podcast on its own um yeah but uh yeah i think football just they really need to look at where do we want to be in in five years in 10 years in 20 years how sustainable is this, right? Yeah. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's how sustainable is this business, you know? 
uh, you see with other major sports, if they need to make a change of some kind, they've made that change. They've expanded to global markets. The NBA, the NHL is working on that with the Chinese market. It's, it's a work in progress, but they're working on it. Uh, baseball is still baseball. And football is that one interesting sport where Americans, of course, it is an American sport. They'll eat it up, no problem. You know, you look anywhere around the world and they think it's a ridiculous sport. I get it. You know, and some comparisons to rugby. Some friends of mine who have played rugby before uh, have made the comparisons that football is a far more ridiculous sport. When it comes to contact, it's a little on the, the rougher side and how people could find this entertaining is beyond them. But also there's the UFC that kind of exists too. Point being here is eventually there will be a time where organizations will have to look at all these things that are happening, these allegations, you know, a change in the way the game is played, a, a change in viewership and whatnot, where they'll have to sit down and think, okay, we should actually get with the times. We need to stop sitting around and thinking, well, if we keep doing what we're doing, everything's going to be okay. You know, nothing can hurt us. That's not possible because now you're seeing that a lot of people are getting affected by these things. So that's that topic. And also speaking of people getting affected by things, COVID is still a thing. If you aren't aware, if you're one of the many people that go to parks and beaches without a mask and having the time of your life. Why on, man, why? 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 Come on. Dr. Not Fauci, but uh, another, or the Surgeon General of the United States had actually said if everyone in the country, every single person in the country wears a mask for three weeks, the country will be okay. Will those people listen? Probably not. Speaking of people who might not listen to this, the NFL. Wow. What do you know? ESPN reporter Kevin Seifert reported that training camps, as Pars mentioned, training camps should be starting soon. They are set to begin on July 28th, according to the new CBA that they had signed for this season. Yeah, and uh, 12 rookies have uh, tested positive. Yes, they uh, have. This week, and so I think it's a total of 59. It, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's at 59. Uh, cases, um, which, you know, yeah, I don't know what football season is going to look like if it's even going to look at all, if it's even going to be a thing. Um, I don't know, maybe they end up playing dome football or something. I, I, still, or they... I still think that, like, if every other league is running, even MLS, that NFL will find a way to run. But yeah, the, uh, the idea – that like these sports and these 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 uh, athletes are immune to this COVID situation is absurd. Um, yeah, I, I, I just I, don't know what what Americans are are supposed to do or what the league are supposed to do. Not everybody can build a bubble, and even then, I, I'm like I said, I'm skeptical about this bubble in, in the NBA. I'm skeptical about a lot of things. I understand your skepticism, and uh, I don't disagree with it. I am as, as happy as I am to see that sports are back on TV. I am very skeptical about this bubble system. But I'm sure if precautions are taken properly and everyone in that bubble takes everything seriously, we shouldn't have a problem. Look at, you know, look at most countries around the world that, are, that have had a rapid decline in COVID cases. 
right? They have a system. They've maintained that system and they've taken that system seriously. Southeast Asia has done really, really well when it comes to that. So we'll see about that. The NFL, as far as a bubble system would go, I think would be... I don't know. It was weird because you're, like, com- you're comparing like other countries where they have cases declining yeah. to and the United States. The United States where so I don't know. Um, like you still haven't even like NBA and NHL hasn't even started yet, and That's MLS already had a bunch of people. Like two teams have pulled out because yep. they they just they had uh, cases, um, and uh, yeah, yeah. So I I really don't I, I don't know. The NHL uh, I want to give look like yeah. It'll be it, more like like I said sorry like I said before no, it's going to be more like uh, just financial. Um, avoiding a huge loss like they're gonna make a loss they're not gonna be very profitable you're just trying to avoid a massive loss when by starting again because they won't have their fans in the stands they won't be able to sell concessions they won't be able to sell merchandise there um and so it'll really just be like let's try to lose as little as possible well it's funny you say that because I'm looking through everything I've been writing down about what's been going on and how the NFL is tackling this uh, COVID situation and their potential return to play. So, as mentioned, training camp is supposed to start on July 28th, which is a couple of days from now. They are supposed to have all rookies and veterans report by the 28th. Uh, Any player that wants to opt out has until Monday, I believe. Yes, Monday. I'd be opting out if I was a player. See, so only one player has opted out so far, and that is uh, Dr. Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, who not only is an actual doctor, but was a member of the Super Bowl-winning Chiefs this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, I remember. He has so far been the only player to opt out and not partake in the season, mainly because his actual, his other occupation of being a doctor, of course, takes precedence over throwing a ball and catching a ball. And yeah, especially during this that. time. That'd be especially nice. during this time. I don't, you know, it's a, it's a good, good, good guy. We need more people like that. But, of course, the NFL has already announced that they've canceled the Pro Football Hall of Fame game and the Pro Bowl game, which the Pro Bowl game wouldn't be until January anyways. It wouldn't be until, like, before the Super Bowl. Yeah, but we all know the pro, the Pro Bowl is is really is it's not it's not even in a competitive situation, right? No, it's, it's like a it's like a getaway. It's, it's basically their All Star game. It's a vacation getaway for these guys, and yeah, uh, exactly. right before the Super Bowl, I I for one want to see the Pro Bowl get revamped and redone in a way kind of like the NBA, where now it's a little bit more competitive and compelling to watch. Because I, I for one personally, I've been watching football for a long time, and. I think the last time I ever watched a Pro Bowl was back when Robert Griffin III was, was in it. Remember when RG3 was relevant? Yeah, so that's the last time I watched a Pro Bowl because every, every year after that, it's just been like, – you, you can just watch the highlights. It, it just looks like, you know, they're not trying. It's a vacation game. Like, I want to call it an all-star game, but it's just a vacation game. That's really it. Yeah. So if they revamp it the same way they that. did for NBA where now they have a Kobe Award, uh, I think it'd be a lot more competitive and we could see – because the, the idea of seeing the best on both conferences play each other makes you want to watch how good are these guys. Right. And what, what puts them – what makes them different. Because it's one thing to say, okay, they're in that system and they're doing well. 
but take them out of that system. Just put all of them on the field, you know, blind side, you know, a couple plays here and there. Let's see what they're made of. But we never get that with the Pro Bowl, so I'm hoping they change it. Probably. We'll see. Maybe this will be the year they sort of look at their system and say, okay, we need to definitely change a lot of things. But that's after they deal with this whole COVID situation. And carrying on with that, how they've been sort of working on things is they've agreed to a new collective bargaining agreement between the players' union, surprisingly they have a union, and the owners in regards to health protocols, the opening of training camp, and the progression of the season and how that is going to work. Quote from the chief medical officer of the NFL, Alan Sills, we have worked collaboratively, uh, collaboratively, my apologies, to develop a comprehensive set of protocols designed to minimize risk for fans, players, and club and league personnel. From Roger Goodell, in response to that quote, talking about how, yes, we are making sure that it will be safe for everyone. The thing that gets me, and what Anton was talking about earlier with, you know, you're losing merchandise sales, you're, lo- you're losing concessions, you're losing all these things. The NFL is hinting, and we mentioned this in, an, in a previous podcast, well, which will be up probably today, that there may actually be fans at NFL games in the seats. What? That's not a great idea. What? Because they help, <laughs> the thing is they haven't mentioned to what capacity of their stadiums they're going to have fans. Because an average NFL stadium can seat like 40,000 people. No. <laughs> so This is just really not a great idea oh no it isn't um yeah i know i know people are saying like oh you can just space them uh however many seats apart but then like what if someone has to go to the washroom or what if it's like a family that comes in like do you have to like does does the seating then shift everyone over uh if it's like a family of four and then there's like one person and then it's like a couple and then it's like four people and then it's like three people like how does how does it work then? And you just give everybody that, hazmat suits. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah, you just give everyone hazmat suits. I guess that would be the best scenario. Um, but like you know, I guess they would still have to hire back their concession stand workers and their cleaners yep. and all that. Uh, yeah, so that puts them staff. at risk. That's a lot of staff that they have to bring back to handle. Which, like, yeah, they could use that and say, like, oh, we're rehiring people, which is great. But then they're also bringing people into risky situations. So yeah. it's, you know, I've read multiple reports from different sources regarding whether or not the NFL is crazy enough to want to do this. And at first I would think, okay, maybe there are some owners in the NFL that say, yo, we shouldn't have fans now. You know, the rest, the other leagues aren't doing that. You know, everything's closed environment, you know, no fans. Uh, although there was a, a cute video from uh, yesterday's Cubs game of fans watching the, the game from the top of their apartment buildings. They have a perfect view of Wrigley Field. But, hey, that's better than nothing. But with the NFL, you know, it's like, I get you guys want to make your money, but the other leagues are making their sacrifices. You should probably join in on that. Just saying. Having to open up your arena to, you know, maybe half capacity, still 20,000, 25,000 people, maybe, is going to be a humongous risk. Having to hire back 
guys to run the stands, guys to run back and forth through the crowds selling popcorn and hot dogs, guys to do all the cleaning. It's a lot of people that are going to be involved in one very enclosed space. And most football stadiums don't, aren't open field or they don't, they're not a, a dome system. Um, yeah, I think it's just not a good idea to, to have like, yeah, none of the other sports, uh, like, uh, association football and those games played in Europe. Yeah. It's played with no fans. Every other league you look at, it's played with no fans. Well, I think you guys are getting one part about it too, is that, um, the leagues in America, they're doing, uh, they're doing, um, sorry, they're doing the name they have, but lack for better than the name. They're picking one official site to run all the games. So it's not like in Europe where uh, in Germany specifically, uh, most of the teams still had their home home games and their away games. It's more or less they're going to be doing hubs. So the NFL will likely pick somewhere to do a hub. And there's a lot of choices they have with domes, such as New Orleans or uh, to send them out west. Send them to the, the Indianapolis Colts for a dome I still, setting. I still think it's, yeah, it's just like not a good idea. I mean, yeah, definitely not a good yeah. idea. But, like, you know, yeah, they're not going to just say, hey, everybody have home and away games. They're going to run the system just so, sure. you know. Sure, but, but, they're gonna, but yeah. They're going to pick a site. Yeah, even then, like, uh, having – even just, like, having a conference of people, like, having people go to bars is already kind of dangerous. Yeah. Right? Um, people still doing that. <laughs> yeah, people – well, yeah, like, some states have reopened. Um, and, you know, I just – I don't know. It's, it's a dangerous situation, like, with regards to Canadian football, CFL – the Canadian Football League. Um, uh, Winnipeg has been tentatively selected as a hub city uh, because they have, I think, a total of like 366 confirmed and presumed cases of COVID-19. So, you know, I think like they've been handling it kind of well, so maybe they could all do it there, but they're not going to have any fans in the stands, I don't think, um, which is a lot different because – with CFL, it's very much like a like they make money from their hardest core fans, and they don't make that much money from broadcasting and and sponsorship deals. It's mostly like from the fans, um, and uh, yeah, like I guess we we're if we were talking about controversy earlier, they the uh, team Edmonton has also changed their name from the Edmonton Eskimos to the EE Football Team. So kind of like similar to Washington football is just they're just Edmonton football or EE football now. So just thought I'd bring that up. Yeah. Well, it's good that people, you know, it's good that people are making a difference and, and listening to reason and doing things. Uh, and I, I, I bring this up now. And as we're about to wrap this up, Donovan Bennett from sports and actually just posted this about an hour ago, uh, headlined NFL is planning to fail by not taking COVID-19 seriously. And throughout the article, Donovan does talk about how, through everything that the NFL, the NFL has been told, you should do this, you should do this, you should follow the system, this should work better. Essentially, he's explained it as a slap in the face to the CDC and to Dr. Anthony Fauci by basically saying, no, we're not going to have a hub system. No, we're not going to do this. We're not going to cut our season. We're not going to do this. We're going to cut preseason. That's gone as well. But our 16-week NFL season will carry on as usual as planned on September 10th 
And from there, we'll just carry on like it's a regular season. If we have to make changes, they might make changes. They're not going to do a bubble system. They're not going to do any of these things. So far, on top of that, 95 players in the entire NFL have tested positive for COVID-19 through the Associated Press. And that number could only get bigger. It might get smaller. But you guys astronomically bigger. Yeah, it could get astronomically bigger. Plus, with football, football's a contact, like a full contact sport. You're like baseball makes sense because baseball is not entirely full contact, and people are very spaced away from each other. But it's except for the dugout. Yeah, well, except for the dugout. But you know, at least with the dugout, you see that players are wearing masks when uh, going back into the dugout or in the dugout. So, you know, you're making you're you're making a little bit of a difference. A little bit helps. So the NFL, all I have to say to you is please, for the love of God, for the safety of your players, for your franchises, your whole organization, the safety of the people of America, do something that is actually safe for once. Please. Yeah, Those are my I don't know. Thoughts. Uh, final thoughts. Yeah. Um, my final thoughts are, yeah, uh, I'm not that big on football. So this is me like coming in as an outsider. Also, I'm Canadian. So this is, we're all Canadians. So this is us coming in. Well, I guess you two had spent some time in the United States, but I'm like very, just like, I haven't lived anywhere outside of Canada. So, um, yeah, like just try to, you know, avoid a surge in cases because it's really not good. And like, I know you're really trying to make sure that uh, you cover your financial basis to uh, uh, prevent a huge loss. And I know it sucks that a lot of people who are usually employed as, you know, concession workers or cleaners or all those people like, yeah, it sucks that they don't have work available, but you know, it's just, get people to be safe um and yeah and maybe if you can if you have a bunch of money if you guys some of some of you who are multi-millionaires and billionaires maybe consider paying some of these people anyway just uh i don't know just a thought it doesn't have to be that way i'm i, I i'm not in your shoes so I'm, i i had no idea what it's like to be you but uh let's Make sure that people are safe. Parse? Um, just like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I hope the NFL does the smart thing and really weigh in and, and think about how they're going to do this. Uh, look at the NBA and look at the NHL and see if you can mimic those leagues. I hope Dan Snyder uh, wakes up from his last dream. And realizes that the world has changed and to change with it. I hope Washington comes up with a name. And I hope Roger uh, Goodell uh, finds a way to balance out, you know, what the league wants to do and, and realize that they're going to be operating in a loss, but to still find a way to have a league in this unprecedented times. I'm not, not making fun of people, I'm just saying un, unprecedented times. Or unprecedented they are. Time in unprecedented times. Mm-hmm. 
the question the question at the end of the day i think we have to ask is you know what does the nfl want to do and what does the nfl have to do in these unprecedented times it, you know like seriously they had like roger goodell and the owners will have to ask themselves that you know what they want to do make money makes sense right this currently is a time where that's not going to happen you're going to more than likely be operating at a loss you know with even with televised games and ad revenue and whatnot <clears throat> so it's what you what they want to do versus what has to be done for the safety of your players because look look let's face the facts here no players no coach no staff no league right no league so all your right. if a majority of the players are going to be out sick then what's the point of even having the what's the point of even having anything going right no so it makes sense and with that it's a good place to wrap up we'll have to wait and see how the nfl will handle things and we'll also be looking forward to how the nhl and nba handle things when they kick off next week so from that we end this this has been the sportculation podcast i got it right again with uh, myself, Mr. Yusuf Rashid, Anton Wong, and Park Trail. Yep. We yep. will see you soon. Goodbye. Take care. Wash your hands. <laughs>